this corner, weighing 198 pounds, currently the governor of the state of California, Gavin C. Newsom! And in this corner, weighing, well, more than we can calculate, but it's a lot because there are 24 Republicans, 10 no party preferences, 9 Democrats, 2 Green, and 1 Libertarian for a grand total of 46 contenders! This match will continue from now through September 14th when Californians will take to the polls for the final round as they cast their votes to determine who will be their retain his governorship or will one of his opponents take over the leadership in Sacramento? You will make the final decision! Join us as we give today's guest a political workout as they prepare for the final round on Team Day Radio's team coverage of the 2021 California gubernatorial recall election presented by America Matters Media and KFOY AM 1060. Well, it's Mr. P here again. Man, we are getting the workout around here, not the contenders, but we're here uh, with one of the ones we were trying to get for five weeks now. Mr. Leo Zaki, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Well, thanks. Thanks for being patient with us. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Pleasure's mine. I mean... <laughs> You know, that's the story of life. Hurry up and wait, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. The thing is, you, you see the chair you're sitting in right now today? Oh, it's the hot seat. Yeah, consider that the teen day political punching bag. Oh, okay. Ready? Oh, well. <laughs> hey, man. This, this punching bag is yeah. back. Okay, your workout team right there is Faustina, Michael, and Beckett. Oh, so, yeah. So are you ready for the, the old one-two punch from them today? Oh, absolutely. we got to get America's future ready to take on these corrupt and communist <laughs> politicians. Okay, well, take it away, Faustina. My first question for you, Mr. Zaki, is um, in your opinion, what do you feel like is the biggest problem in California and how do you see about going about fixing that problem? The biggest? Um, well, I mean, the most glaring one for sure is the homeless crisis. Uh, there's no doubt about that. But I mean, I'd also have to say that, you know, the extreme corruption that we have in politics right now that's uh, really impeding progress everywhere is probably the largest. I know we have the drought as well. Yeah, I'd say probably corruption because, like I said, it's an inhibitor for any forward progress because we have a lot of outside lobbying groups that are paying off people who just don't care. Um, they, they find ways to do it in, in different facets. I mean, I know Gavin Newsom was gifted that several million dollar home while he's been in office. When it's that blatant, 
it's a problem, especially because there's no, uh, there's no repercussions for any of this stuff. So it just allows that sort of mentality to just permeate throughout all facets of government. And we wind up with the problems that we have here today. All right. Um, my Second Amendment rights are very dear to me. Well, me uh, too. How do you plan to allow people of California to have more exercise of that right? Well, I think there's a lot of restrictions on uh, firearm ownership here in California and to a point where it's it's a burden, it's too much, it's overbearing. I, I think that magazine capacities uh, are one of the, you know, just a silly restriction that they have here. They, they ban certain calibers. They have this like ridiculous handgun ban list or firearm list that you can't have like certain firearms or certain calibers, um, which is nonsense because we, you know, the second amendment says that we have the right to have these, these weapons. Um, and obviously like we're not, we're not going out using them for malice. I mean, people are going to make bad decisions. That's why I do agree with having, you know, some form of, of regulation where like, uh, you know, you have background checks, got to make sure people can prove that they can handle a firearm safely. Um, people need uh, to also prove that they're not a violent felon. I mean, those are kind of things that I like um, as barriers to entry. Um, uh, but aside from that, I think the, the restrictions, like, because in California, you can only pick up, I think it's like one firearm, like every 30 days or something like that. You have to wait 10 days and there's like a process. I mean, there's all sorts of really ridiculous and stringent rules. Like uh, you have to register your AR-15 as an assault rifle uh, if you want to have it without the fin features and all that stuff. But I feel like the fin feature, it just makes weapons less safe. Uh, If you can't if you can't properly control the weapon, that's when you're going to have mistakes being made. So, I mean, I want to definitely loosen things up here in California. I mean, I'm I'm someone who sees the benefits to constitutional carry. Um, I mean, as long as you know people are have to be educated with firearm safety and that's paramount so if we can go down that route i think you'll see a lot less violence because if everybody has to worry about somebody having something on them people are going to be less inclined to do something foolish well um how are you planning on fixing the homeless problem in california that's a great question and i have a solution um and my solution is essentially teach a man to fish rather than giving a man a fish and I want to be able to provide facilities for the homeless, So, and it's optional. They, they don't have to go to it because this isn't a dictatorship. This isn't a tyrannical society. Um, but the, I want the option to be there, but we also need to enforce vagrancy laws. We can't have people living and defecating in the streets where everybody else who contributes to society uh, lives. So I'd like to be able to provide facilities where we can determine you know, who they are. Is anybody looking for them? Are they citizens of this country? And I'd also like to be able to provide them medical care, uh, you know, figure out if they have a drug addiction or a mental illness and provide treatment for them there. And then while they're there, they can also learn a work skill. And I, my background is in agriculture. So having worked with my hands always gave me such a great sense of accomplishment. And that accomplishment boils over into other things and, and just permeates through the rest of my life. So I, I think that's a huge, a huge, uh, it's a huge motivator for people. And that's what I think a lot of people who have, you know, reached rock bottom need is that that self-induced motivation. So giving them a job skill, like for example, in agriculture or also in basic firefighting training, because we could really use the help with uh, fighting the wildfires that we have in California. um, That will, that will also give them, they'll, they'll earn a wage. They'll earn a wage while they're doing it. And which will, 
you know, they'll be able to accumulate money and they'll have an address so that they, they can get help looking for a job and they can go out into the world with actual work experience and we can help find them, you know, good work partners. Uh, and then they can go return to society with some cash in their pocket and, you know, a clean slate essentially to, to start building their, their lives around. So I'd like to be able to do that for them because we have to uplift them out of homelessness and out of poverty through education, through work skills. So they would be more of an asset to the society rather than liability. Exactly. Uh, you know, but that's how you have to look at it because they are still people. I mean, whether whether or not they live on the street, they're still human beings and they need to be treated with dignity and respect and compassion. Um, obviously, if they're not citizens of this nation, um, they I, I, it's tough, but we I think they shouldn't be here. I mean, we can show them how to go about legally coming back, but for the meantime, we have to take care of our own first. If we can fix the problems that we have here at home and get that taken care of, then we can go help the world in a much more efficient manner. Um, you mentioned uh, wildfires and fighting them. Do you have a plan for better fire prevention? Uh, yeah, we need to do better forest management. I mean, that's really the kindling that's getting these things out of control. So I'd like to be able to to have, you know, we can get prison labor to do that um, in exchange for, you know, getting time off. Uh, they, I mean, they, I think we used to do that. I don't know if we do that. We still are, yeah. Okay, so we need to. Malibu, there's a Malibu camp. Okay, great. Yeah. So we need to we need to get that expanded. Like I said, with the homeless people, uh, that we can help. That will also help contribute to that. Um, and a lot of the land here in California is federally owned. So I think that we should be getting funding from the federal government to also help uh, subsidize a lot of this. Uh, you know, very, very tedious work that needs to be done. But I mean, the back burning works, the forest management works. Um, we need to put more early warning systems in place. Uh, like I know there's a lot of like different on ridgelines, they'll have like cameras that will look out and detect smoke and just have better monitoring of that. Um, and I'd also like to provide better, more and better tools for firefighting. So we don't have to, you know, there's only a handful of, you know, tankers that we have. Let's get more. And, and we can also, the other cool thing is, is like there's other ways that you can offset the costs by leasing them out to other places when they have emergencies. So this is all stuff that can be done, but it has to come from a, a business-focused standpoint when, you, when you're talking about you know, costs and depreciation. Okay, um, so you yourself are a, was a small businessman, not small as in short guy, <laughs> but a small business. Um, how do you plan on helping uh, people like you? You got to lower regulations. You got to lower business taxes. You have to lessen the environmental restrictions that are being placed on businesses. Those were the things that killed my family's business. Uh, the whole thing about our business was that everything we did was in was in California. Zaki Farms was 100% California based, and as much as it was a good thing, um, it was detrimental to our success um, in the end. When all the new when all these laws that got passed by people who don't know anything about business. Um, they just made it for us uh, California just was not a place where we could be competitive in our own backyard and it's it's hard because you have a lot of other companies that produce in California but they also have their costs offset by producing out-of-state so for someone to have a business that's in California and to survive solely by being a California business is next to impossible here so by lowering the business taxes and the regulations and the restrictions and cutting that red tape out people will have a better chance at keeping money in their businesses, which will allow them to grow their businesses to then bring in more revenue and employ more people. 
Good. Um, how are you planning on uh, supporting the police in California? Take the handcuffs off of them. Let them do their job. You know, there's too many restrictions on police on being told how they can enforce the law, what think, what tactics or sort of styles that they can use. I mean, don't get me wrong. Some of them, yes, I understand need to be in place. But when you put all these rules on the people that are out there who put their lives on the line every single day to protect us, it's not helping. And it just makes their job only more dangerous and more difficult. So we need to give them more leeway on how they go about uh, you know, pursuing and detaining criminals. Um, also, this whole revolving door nonsense uh, that these the, the DAs have been letting all these criminals just go in and out, um, that needs to come to a halt. We need to really crack down and hold these people that are uh, responsible for crimes in prison and they need to serve their time. I mean, if you don't if you don't have a definitive consequence for bad actions, you're only letting more people know that they can get away with this sort of behavior. So I'd like to be able to do that and then give them the tools and give them the proper funding and the support that they need because they put their lives on the line every single day. And I respect that and everybody should respect them. And this whole, you know, you know, oh, they're after, you know, a specific race or whatever. It's, you know, that's, that's a self-deprecating problem that's only contributing to more, uh, to more negative incidences involving police. Um, another thing that really concerned me, Mr. Zaki, was how it took four and a half months of worldwide deaths due to COVID to equal one day of deaths due to um, abortion in the whole world. Um, do you have a solution on how we can save more lives um, that are given to abortion? And if so, what is that um, solution? Well, you know, abortion's a touchy subject for a lot of people. I know there's a lot of people that fall into one camp where they're just like, it's totally, again, it's totally a sin. And then there's the other camp where it's my body, my choice. You know, on, I, I know that Texas recently passed, uh, you know, this abortion uh, uh, mandate that they did. Uh, I, I'm curious to see how it's all going to play out because, I mean, the Supreme Court did rule in favor of, of Roe versus Wade. And it's my understanding that that's pretty much the law that's set in stone. Um, it's, it's, it's hard to say. It's, it's, I mean, I, you got to understand that I do. I mean, I, I believe that the, the country was founded on Judeo-Christian principles and I, and I want to uphold and preserve those a hundred percent. But at the same time, I also want people to be able to have their freedom of choice. Now, I've heard of crazy things like post-term, post-birth abortion, which that's not that's not abortion. That's infanticide. That's murder. Um, I've heard of extremely late-term abortion. I don't agree with that. But I do believe that people need to be able to make their own choices when it comes to that sort of that sort of thing. I mean, if, if it's something that you're against, then then you don't have to do it. You know, it, it is a touchy subject. And What's interesting, though, is that Roe versus Wade came out of Texas. The lady Roe, that's not even her real name. It was just a fictitious name. Wade was the district attorney in, in Texas. So it's interesting now that they're going back to the same state where Roe versus Wade actually started from. It's interesting. Uh, no, it certainly is interesting how things can come full circle like that. <laughs> but, you know, it's, again, that's kind of a, that's a bigger issue, and I think mm -hmm. that's, that's a lot. A lot of come down to personal life choices. I mean, if you can live with yourself with making that kind of a decision, well, that's your choice. Right, um, how do you plan on um, securing the border? 
and uh, how do you plan on getting illegal immigrants uh, out? Let's finish that wall. <laughs> Let's build that. And I, I want to make sure that, you know, it's actually properly staffed and monitored. Um, I mean, if there's a will, there's a way. People are always going to try and find their way into the country illegally. But, you know, I think a pretty big and high-tech wall is going to do a good job at really limiting those kind of uh, incursions. Uh, I'd like to let ICE do their job. We need to get rid of this sanctuary city nonsense. Um, <laughs> we have laws in a part of what makes a society society is that there's rules and people follow them. So, I, I mean, I'm not against immigration. I'm just against illegal immigration because it's not fair to the folks that come to this country and go through the proper channels and put in the time and learn about the history of our nation and learn the civics and, and want to actually come here and make a better lives for themselves as opposed to the people that are just like, well, if I go to America, they'll give me They'll give me money, I'll get some sort of housing, I'll get food, and they just leech off of the system that you and I, you know, work for and pay taxes towards. I mean, those systems are in place, but they're for people that also contribute, or at least make an effort to contribute as citizens by paying taxes. So when people are, you know, found to be illegal, I'd like for them to be documented and deported. And when they're deported, we can give them a little pamphlet or whatever saying, you know, call this number or write to this address or you can go here to this embassy or, or you know, whatever the practice is to, about starting the process of becoming a U.S. citizen. Um, uh, I'd like the United States to take in people that are the best and brightest. We don't need to accept everybody. The United States isn't a charity organization. I, I don't believe that we need to keep doing that. Like, and I know it's difficult in other countries. They don't have the luxuries of freedom of speech, and maybe they don't have Second Amendment rights like we do. Um, I'd like to help establish that in other places, but we need to take care of our home, our home turf first. What is your take on Afghanistan? How will you help get Californians back into California? Well, what's happening in Afghanistan right now? It's a it's a disgrace. Um, you know, I have I've got buddies that went over and fought in Afghanistan and have have given you know either life or limb, uh, you know, to to secure you know democracy over there and to have it just thrown out in a matter of weeks. It's just you know it's a real slap in the face to everybody who went over there and you know went to do the right thing. I'm really just starting to see that. And then the fact that we're bringing all these refugees back here, you know, they did a poll of uh, with these refugees, and they asked, you know, how many of them believe in sh- uh, Sharia law. Sharia law. Yeah. 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 And uh, it was like over 90% of them believe in it. And you're just taking people that, you know, for the most case, they're actually just economic migrants and they're opportunists. Um you know, because there are refugee facilities in other uh, Arab nations, like Saudi Arabia, for example. Uh, they do have refugee opportunity, you know, places where these guys can go and be refugees in a place that's more in line with their culture and their lifestyle. But time and time again, they will pick other places like Germany, for example, because they're going to get money. They're going to get better, you know, they're just going to get better things. And for us to, you know, just keep taking in people that don't know the history of this country, aren't willing to learn about the history of this country, are set in their cultures and customs and are unwilling to assimilate, you're just setting up disaster and more terrible incidences that could take place. There are still Californians in Afghanistan. Oh, we got to go. Anybody who's a U.S. citizen needs to, we need to, I can't believe they would just leave them to die. Mm -hmm. It's a disgrace. Mm -hmm. Get them out. Bring them home. There are people. Mm -hmm. 
my God, no! I mean, literally, what happened to No Man Left Behind? It's it's mm. it's just a slap in the face. Right. You know, this isn't. But this is what happens when you have people who don't care about you or the country or or anything. They only care about lining their pockets. So um, you keep mentioning how you feel like the people that are coming into our country don't know our history well. Do you feel like the people that are being educated in California, that um, they aren't learning history well? They're not. That our education system's also a mess? It is a mess. We're the worst in the nation. We, we California has the worst education in the mid. Was that? Do you see a fix for that if you become governor? Well, well, look what's happening. We have these charter schools that are popping up everywhere. Why? Because the education system is broken. This is a symptom of poor of poor policy and poor management. And I totally support these charter schools. I mean, I want the money to follow the students. So if, if their parents decide for them to go to a charter school, whatever money was gonna go with them to the public school system should follow them to that charter school system because they're gonna do a better job. That's why they've, that's why they've set themselves up. Um, I mean, the teachers unions, they're, um, they're out of control. They, they just keep demanding more money, and at the same time, we keep lowering the standards so that way they look good on paper, and that way they can get that funding that they demand. And the problem is, is you know, they're not doing a good job of vetting a lot of these teachers that are educating in our schools. I mean, uh, I saw an article a couple days ago about uh, there was a, an Antifa member who was a teacher, and he had his Antifa flag hanging in their classroom, and they, they don't have kids doing the Pledge of Allegiance anymore at the start of every day. I mean, I remember when I was in school, like first thing you did when you got to homeroom to start the day off was you all stood at attention, you faced the flag, and you put your hand over your heart, and you and you recited the Pledge of Allegiance. You know, we need to bring that back. And a, a lot of people are trying to push for this revisionist history, like America started in 1619 or 1620 or something, and, you know, they're all a bunch of racist slave owners. But, you know, I mean, the problem is, is when you talk things like that, what you're doing is you're applying today's mindset to a mindset that was over 400 years ago. And, and that line of thinking doesn't correlate in the slightest. It's just, it was a different time. I want to bring home economics back into the classroom. I want shop class back in the classroom. I want to bring accounting back. I want civics classes. You know, I want people to be really, I want kids to be learning their American history, you know, because when my grandmother was in school back in the, you know, the forties, the thirties and forties, um, that was the kind of stuff they learned. Like my grandmother could balance a checkbook when she, by the time she graduated high school. And now kids don't know anything about that. We didn't even have calculators growing up. Right? We didn't even crack calculators. Yeah. We so had to do real, long You really had to do it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? Do so you feel like the mentality is what needs to be fixed before the education system can be fixed? Well, I mean, I think they're going to go hand in hand. Um, I think that there's enough people that are pretty fed up with how things are going and we want to see real change and that's why there's new people coming out of the woodwork and showing up and saying I'm done. Uh, speaking about crazy things going on in our country, how do you plan on combating voter fraud? <laughs> well, transparency. I mean that's the key. I mean I 100% will tell you that the 2020 election was fraudulent. There's way too many red flags going on there. I'm sorry, but you can't just have voting stop being counting in five different cities around the country at the same time and then massive ballot dumps for one specific candidate. It's just these things are statistically impossible and to happen five times at the same time. Yeah, so it's transparency. That's the key. Uh, I want to get rid of these uh, voting machines. Uh, I want to have uh, a legitimate uh, system in place. So part of that is after... Every election, 
I want to have the whole thing archived and then the voter rolls purged. So everybody would have to then re-register after every election. And when they get approved, they would get a physical voter ID card that when they go to the polls, they have to present their voter ID card with another form of ID, whether it's a driver's license or a passport, present it, that then gets like, they like swipe it in or scan it in or whatever, and then hole punch that sucker. That way, you know, it's clearly that this has been used. They get their ballot or whatever. And I'd like to go to all paper ballots as well. And then when we come to tabulating, uh, I want to have Vegas style, uh, essentially, uh, con- security control on it. I want people to have the ability to see it. They, they can go and broadcast it. I and mean, we have the tools. We have the technology. That that should be the only thing hooked up to the internet. You know, have you ever seen like a Vegas security camera situation where, mm-hmm. you know, like, you, yeah. you know, you're looking up over mm-hmm. the tables. Like that should be at every single station and, and all sorts of um, – uh, accountability, like you know, when when ballots move, you know, when one person takes it from one room and they give it to the other person, there needs to be a sign off on that. And we have to get rid of the mail in ballots. Mm-hmm. That and there should only be one election day, and you don't stop counting until it's all done being counted, and then everything is archived and saved, and then the voter rolls are purged, and we start the process again. Um, are you opposed to masks and vaccine mandates? Absolutely. Or it's 100% a person's choice. I totally oppose these mask and vaccine mandates. You know, they actually changed the definition of what a vaccine is to accommodate these injections that they're claiming are, are vaccinations. Just do a little bit of research and you'll see that these aren't vaccines. I'm not saying coronavirus and COVID isn't real. No, 100% it's real. It's just not real deadly to everybody. I mean, like, yeah, it can kill you, but it's not like, you know, this is the world under, this is the bubonic plague. You know, it's like a ninety-nine point like six or seven percent survival mm-hmm. rate. No, well, yeah, we got ninety-eight percent without the vaccine. Yeah, it's it's tough to say, but you know, if it's if it's your time, it's your time. I hate to say it. Um, in in that regards, I mean, like if people were dying like in droves, like ninety percent death rate, like you know, we got corpses in the street. Like, all right, that's a problem. We need a real solution, but it's not that. Going back to the vaccines. Getting vaccinated may be the least of our problems. What I'm seeing now is that there's a perfect storm coming. And coming up with the 20th anniversary of the 9-11, mm-hmm. you got Dr. Fauci trying to cram this pandemic down our throats. Mm-hmm. And then you got Afghanistan disintegrating before our very eyes. And then the border, it's like a one-way street to American freedoms, and we're giving free boarding passes to the world. And then you got President Biden in the Oval Office. And then you got Governor Newsom in Sacramento. And then you got uh, Mayor Garcetti in Los Angeles, right? It's, I can only imagine that the Taliban and the ISIS-K and, and you know, the Al-Qaeda are rubbing their eyes thinking, this, is, this can't be happening. This can't be happening. I mean, what would you do as a governor? How could you put safeguards in place to protect and prevent a direct hit here in Los Angeles or, or Sacramento or someplace? It's crazy. Well... If we had a non-corrupt uh, organization that was, you know, determined to protect us, you know, the FBI totally compromised, CIA completely compromised. Um, I, I don't see them trying to help us, uh, you know, fight terrorism. Um, how would I protect it? I guess we'd have to start a legitimate agency with good people that were determined to keep people safe, um, but without infringing on rights. I mean, it's hard. You just have to have good police in place 
uh, at you know large soft target gatherings mm-hmm. that are able to use their judgment when it comes to providing protection. Like I said, let the police do their job. How are your fundraising efforts going? Not as well as I'd like. I mean, I'm self-funded right now uh, for the most part. I'm getting more donations every week, which is actually kind of nice and refreshing to see. I mean, it's a slow process, but I'm a real guy. I have real intentions. I'm honest. I'm in this for all the right reasons. Uh, you know, this country was founded by people who weren't politicians. These people, the people who founded this country wanted people to run for office because you did it as a service to your community to make it a better and stronger community. And that's exactly what I want to do. I'm 100% for term limits on everything. Do your job. Go back to your normal life. You don't need to stick around and hang around politics. And look at all these people that go into office and they walk out multimillionaires, book deals, and all sorts of stuff like that because they're in it for the money. What is the best way for people to contact you? Go to my website. That's leozaki.com, L-E-O-Z-A-C-K-Y. And you can just send me a little what's up note on there. It goes to my email and I spend about an hour, hour and a half a night uh, checking those. And and I I personally respond to all of them. And then um, are you going to be doing any rallies in the following week leading up to the election where people can see you and meet you? And if so, where, Mr. Zaki? Yeah, just go to my website, uh, leozaki.com. I have a Facebook page. um, So go and check out that. All right. um Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today, Mr. Zaki. Oh, I appreciate it. And I love seeing I love seeing, you know, young guys out young kids like you like just stepping up and getting involved. We need more of that. We're glad to be here. And to our listeners, remember that broadcasting is not the only thing we do. My brothers and I also own our own family website. Check us out at industriousfamily.com to discover our party theme ideas, free coloring pages, book and movie reviews, and our own movie making company. Plus so much more. Once again, that's industriousfamily.com. See you next time. You've been listening to our Teen Day Radio's team coverage of the 2021 California gubernatorial recall election presented by America Matters Media and KFOY AM 1060. America Matters Media is proud to support the mission of Teen Day, a community educational program for teens interested in pursuing broadcast careers. We'd like to thank our featured guests who appeared on our show. The views and opinions expressed on today's program are those of the persons appearing on this program and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of Teen Day, their sponsors, nor their affiliates. Information regarding candidates and the 2021 recall election can be found on calmatters.org. You can visit our Teen Day broadcast Facebook page for assignments, events, activities, and our on-demand version of today's broadcast. Until then... Our next guest is preparing for the O-1-2 punch that we are waiting for them on Teen Day Radio's team coverage of the 2021 California gubernatorial recall election.